0: A podcast to honor the
1: gods. This better, this better come, come, with come with a sacrifice.
0: sacrifice. Dave X Media.
2: Okay, that is that the is that the probably die at your school? That one, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, okay, yep.
3: All
2: right. <laughs> okay. to give it a little jazz, you know?
4: <laughs> Welcome to the Restricted Section, the pro-trans rights Harry Potter slander Harry Potter book club podcast. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 14, Percy and Padfoot. As the title suggests, this chapter is just a bit of mishigas thrown together in a chapter. We get some Quidditch. Ron is not good at it. We get some flirting. Harry is not good at it. We get some homework. The boys are not good at that. A visit with Sirius's head in the fire, in which he proves to be honestly like a pretty poor guardian, as safety is absolutely at the bottom of his list of priorities. And we get a letter from Percy Weasley that is somehow even ruder and more pompous than Mr. Darcy's first proposal to Liz Bennett. Welcome to the restricted section, where the risk is what makes it fun. My co-host today... Might be featured in the Daily Prophet tomorrow. Keep an eye out for her. Leela, say hello to the listeners. Hello, listeners. And I'm very excited for our special guest today. I'm sure you will recognize her dulcet tones, our dear friend, Claire. Claire was on the restricted section for Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall, back in 2020, and Goblet of Fire, Chapter 29, The Dream, back in March. Say hello to the listeners, Claire. Hello. How have you been since March? I don't
3: know. It's been a weird few months. Um, I'm doing my best adulting. Didn't
4: still you not just great. move?
3: I move in the December, so I'm still packing. Oh, okay. But yeah.
4: Wow. Godspeed with that.
3: It's not fun, but it's it's a process.
4: I wish you all the luck. I wish you all of the Wingardium Leviosis. <laughs> you know Wouldn't that
3: would that have, have help? been helpful.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or maybe some like uh, some Disney princess power. You know, like so you can just. Ah, out your window and... Oh. Uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, have you tried that, Claire? Yeah. I'm not
3: really good with animals, but <laughs> it, it can't yeah. hurt.
4: Roll for animal handling. <laughs> yeah, what if it angered them?
2: <laughs> Imagine if that happened in Cinderella. That would be pretty funny. That's, that's a pretty good joke. Disney, you could use that one.
4: She's like singing out the window and they're like, hey, bitch, hey, <laughs> it's actually our t- It's Dawn. That's when we sing, okay? Mm -hmm. Could you shut up? Yeah, it's cultural appropriation, actually, so (laughs) I find it very offensive. The only joy us birds have is in our morning song.
3: (laughs) Shut up for once.
4: (laughs) (laughs) All these Disney princesses are always singing.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're like, find another skill, you know?
4: (laughs) Okay, we're going to get into the chapter, and that chapter is chapter 14, Percy and Padfoot, but first, I would love to read a listener email. Ooh! Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for the reaction. I appreciate it. (laughs) I'm always like, dramatic pause, (laughs) and then no one reacts. (laughs) This one is from our friend Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Chloe. Okay, Chloe says... When it comes to Seamus and Harry's fight, okay, so remember, like, three chapters ago, they were fighting. I mean, they're still fighting technically, but they were actively fighting. When it comes to Seamus and Harry's fight, I always thought Seamus was just uncomfortable with the whole situation. Like, he didn't necessarily agree with his mother, but that's his mom. It isn't until Harry has a go at his mother that Seamus gets combative. He seems just uncomfortable to me trying to figure out what to believe up until that point. Like he wants to believe his friend, but his mother and the prophet spent all summer saying Harry was a liar. I've always thought that was why he was mad. Not because he didn't believe Harry, but because he feels like Harry insulted his mom. Parentheses, yes, you can use this on the podcast if you want to. Love it. I love explicit consent. Thank you so much. Guys, (laughs) when you email me, give me that explicit consent
0: girl i want extra consent it might not be super smoke but listen here i want permission if i'm making the move
4: uh chloe that's a really good point claire what do you make of this i mean i could
3: see both arguments i think Mm -hmm. seamus has his own opinions but when his mother gets brought into the conversation he feels more combative but i think i'd have to reread it to make sure that it was mostly relating to that
4: yeah it does escalate quickly at that point to
2: say the least. What do you think Leila? I mean like don't you remember when you were around that age and like yo mama jokes were like so funny but like also like it wasn't that funny when they said it to you. Like Yeah,
4: it's like the greatest diss also. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like I'll never forgive you for that. It's like and they're like they, they said something they it would be like the stupidest like what's a yo mama joke? Like yo mama's so fat the kids thought she was a school bus or something. I don't know what
4: <laughs> Pick a um, I'm one. trying to remember even like one real yeah. one. Um something about she's so fat she has her own zip code. Is okay. that one? That's pretty good. I remember one. that one, yeah. She's got her own orbit. I guess I remember a lot of the fat ones. Yeah, th-
2: I've heard those ones about my boobs before. Oh, yeah, I've heard that about myself sometimes.
4: You know that orbit <laughs> there's like such thing as like a I forget what it's called, oh. but it's like a it's like a an orbit of two planets around each other in this mm. like beautiful dance. That's what your breasts are.
2: <laughs> They're just <laughs> dancing around well, each other. You, you
4: need two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't need to, but Leela just objectively has two. I do
2: have two breasts. <laughs> listeners
4: <laughs> can confirm. <laughs> yeah, I think that Seamus probably maybe like. Angry is, like, a strong word for what Seamus was feeling before this. But, like, he probably wasn't feeling great. I don't believe that he can, like, process emotions well. No. I feel like he probably, like a lot of other people in Harry's life, has, like, a mild jealousy for Harry Potter. And then I think he also had to spend all summer listening to people talk about him and, like, how much he sucks. And he probably just got sick of it. Sick of hearing about this guy. You know what I mean? Probably. Probably. It's kind of like how I feel about Taylor Swift these days. So sorry, don't come at me. But it's like, wow, I could if Mm -hmm. if I could not hear about her for one day,
2: that would be really cool. Tina, Mm -hmm. you can't sick her fans on the podcast. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. I respect (laughs) Taylor Swift as an artist,
4: but you have to admit that you hear about her every single day. A little too much sometimes. But yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, especially in the
4: past couple weeks. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. We're about to get canceled. It's fine.
3: (laughs) Wow!
4: After everything, after everything, some really mild Taylor Swift slander is going to be what does us in. That's shocking. We've made so many meaner comments about more sensitive people.
2: (laughs) I don't know. She's pretty sensitive. But it's just kidding, Taylor. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Now she's coming for us.
4: Doesn't she have a song where it's like, I'm so sensitive. Look what you made me do. That's a guess. That's just a guess. Probably. It's been a hot minute since I listened to the early stuff.
2: I, I'm going to guess that she has a song called Sensitive. I'm going to look it up. One time when I was fighting with my neighbor, Lauren Baker, who is my childhood best friend slash frenemy, she um. was like, why are you so sensitive? And I was like, why are you so Ooh. mean? <laughs> and that was like a real thing that happened. And I don't know. I just I look back on that and <laughs> it's like, as I was saying it, I was like, why are you so mean? Oh, this is what she means. This is what she means. OK.
4: She doesn't have a song called Sensitive. It's OK. She might have a song called Mean. <laughs> I think she does have a song she,
2: called oh, yeah. Mean, so maybe that's what we're. I jumping. won't sing it because we'll get taken down. But
4: I feel like you could write like Rupee Kaur. Rupee Cower. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce that poet's name? I I've
2: like only ever seen it. I don't think I've ever. Yeah, heard I've it. never
4: attempted. I feel like you could write some really lovely Rupee Cower poetry Surely using only that. Taylor Swift songs. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like if you had fridge magnets of her song titles.
2: Mm -hmm. that would be fun one day i'll look
4: up how to
2: living in a big old city and all you're ever going to be is me
4: okay are you ready
2: Mm mm-hmm
4: rupee core core. core. i feel like that sounds less right (laughs) was it uh, that was
2: rupee also like core rupee core
4: rupee core yay motherfuckers (laughs) that's a good one thank you So much It really wasn't that good (laughs) (laughs) Anyway um, So now we turn to Chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix Percy and Padfoot Here we are at chapter 14 guys And as Claire reminded me Before we started recording We are not even halfway through yet So (laughs) here we are in the middle As everyone knows the middle is always the best part of the book (laughs) Said no one ever. <laughs> Said no one ever.
2: That's what she wrote that uh, that song about, right? Why, <laughs> what song are you doing at the
4: Taylor Swift show?
2: Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Mm, that song. Yeah, Cut so, well, in like
4: five chapters, meet me in the middle of Order of the Phoenix, I guess.
2: Meet me at our
4: spot. See you in January. Wow, that's how, five weeks from now which is nine days from now when this episode comes out, it'll be January.
3: <laughs> ew. Big ol' ew. Wow, the passage of time is just, that made me look. I
4: know. I know. It's like you get vertigo sometimes, or like whiplash I think is better. A
2: mm, little bit of both.
4: Your curls right now, Leela, look good pulled back by the headphones. You should do little clippies right there. That would be so oh, cute. Thank you. Do you have to have, like, the strongest clips ever? Because I definitely do with my hair.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. I need strong clips. And also, I don't usually like to have my hair all the way away from my face like this. I like. Well, but,
4: but if you do, like, just the little, sorry, everyone, <laughs> who, but if you do just the little this part back, then you still have, like, length down by your neck to, like, frame your chin. At least that's how I feel.
2: Yeah, you're right. I do. I've been clipping a little, but I could clip more. Clip, always clip more. When in <laughs> doubt, clip it clip out. More. I'm wearing a oh. clip right now. <laughs> What
4: I kind of always
2: am wearing a clip.
4: Oh, I'm going to get my haircut later this week, and I'm literally going to go with this clip and be like, all my layers need to be long enough to fit in this clip, or I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: going to lose my fucking mind. It's
4: so annoying to have your hair fall in your face. Anyway, welcome to the Hair Thoughts podcast, and it's actually spelled hair t h o t s. Our thought. new podcast. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Harry has had the week from hell, and finally it's Saturday. I feel like I don't deserve to feel satisfied when we get to the weekends compared to Harry's experience this week.
2: Yeah, no, it's not been a good week. Bless his little heart. He's doing the best he can right now,
3: and
4: that's all we can ask. Oh my god. I wish I could agree with you, Claire, but... He also, at the same time, is like, I'm not going to tell anyone I'm being physically abused because it's a battle between me and a (laughs) 50-year-old who's in charge of me. But I think in all other ways, he is trying his best.
2: Is he, though? Because, like, also, he is not listening in class. (sighs) I mean, he wrote to his
3: emotional support uncle that is emotionally
4: distant. Yeah, yeah. Which well, is we'll not good. That. No, good that. So, so annoying. I think that if I, maybe on Monday of this week, I could have started out with some gusto. But I think that I personally could not be doing better than Harry, like, come the end of this week. Because sometimes if you don't have time to, like, rejuvenate, honestly have some, like, self-care and, like, just do something that makes you happy, like Quidditch, which we'll get to, like... You just become less of a person every day that you have to like Mm. go through that. So I think by the time he gets to Friday, he's like shell shocked. He's like, I
2: don't know what is happening in my life right now. It kind of shrinks you like under the under the pressure of like having to do what you hate all the time and not having any little like relief of joy. It does. And then by the time he gets to the end of the week, he's like, I'm a shell. I'm a shell of a hairy. No
4: one is awake when Harry wakes up, so he goes down peacefully to the common room to write a letter to Sirius Black, and it takes him some time to figure out how to put his thoughts in, honestly, like, extremely transparent code language.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of, like, proud of himself, and I'm like, I mean, no, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not that good.
4: It's really not, I mean. <laughs> Do you have it, Claire? Do you want to read it? I mean, I yeah,
3: I have it pulled up here. Oh. I would
4: love if you could read his letter. <laughs>
3: I can't do old money or new money British accent. Don't, that's okay. Don't,
4: don't. Please just read it in your normal voice. <laughs>
3: um, dear Snuffles, hope you're okay. The first week back here's been terrible. I'm really glad it's the weekend. We got a new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, Professor Umbridge. She's nearly as nice as your mum, Mom? mom? Mm-hmm. I'm writing because that thing I wrote to you about last summer happened again last night when I was doing detention with Umbridge? We're missing our biggest friend. We hope he'll be back soon. Please write back quickly.
4: Best. So let's break this down. First of all, we're all missing our biggest friend is just bad. It's not (laughs) sneaky. (laughs) No one is going to be confused by that.
2: (laughs) I mean, and we've already talked about in the last book how Snuffles is like not, it's not a good nickname. It sounds like a dog's name.
4: Here's a good idea. Start out the letter by saying, hey, Dash. Like that, you don't don't even have have to to write down a name. You could just, especially since he's like, he's like Hedwig. I know this (laughs) says Snuffles, but it goes to serious. Just don't write Snuffles on it. Put a
2: sticker on it. Yeah. I mean, your owls are, the owls are clearly astute enough to be able to. uh,
4: They're just like GPS systems, (laughs) drone. They are drones with GPSs.
2: And his little dig about she's as nice as your mom. That's just so. It's pretty good, yeah. It's perfect because like that's pretty true.
4: Well, I feel like the thing is, if his mail is being intercepted, um, the fact that he uses Umbridge's name <laughs> like flags this. <laughs> like this yeah. is he's talking shit about her. There's he tried no so not. hard
2: and then he just he just uses her name. Yeah,
4: he's like, let's talk
2: about Umbridge.
4: Yeah, so not a good letter, period.
2: He should have called her Lola because Lola is um, short for Dolores. Oh, interesting! Never heard. Or Dee
4: Dee, my grandma's name <laughs> was Dolores, and we called her Dee Dee. That's so cute. She would be more probably just regular D is what you would normally call just yeah. a regular person who's not your grandma.
2: She is definitely not a Lola. So, of the two of those, uh, D. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my grandma
4: pulled one of those, Um, you know, a, 35 years ago, she pulled one of those. I'm not old enough to be called grandma yet, so just call me Didi. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel that. Back in the day, day. <laughs> so Harry goes up to the Owlery, and he sends Hedwig off with a letter, as I described previously. And he's gazing out the window, like he do, uh, when he sees a Thestral Fly up out of the forbidden forest and then disappear immediately, like a dolphin breaching (laughs) in the Outer Banks.
2: Like, it's like, oh, dolphin, oh, you missed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the Thestrals, I mean, you have to have seen death to see them, but he's alarmed because they shouldn't just be like frolicking freely.
4: Yes? Aw, let them frolic. I know. What's the problem? Well, but that begs the question (laughs) Does Hogwarts go capture wild thestrals one day a year to go get the students from the train or two days a year i guess there and back again or do they have a stable full of domesticated thestrals that really only get used tw- two days a year what hmm. do you think they never mentioned like the thestral pastures what do you think claire would
3: hagrid have seen them what death has Hagrid seen that he can see thestrals? Oh, um, his dad. dad?
4: Yeah. Boom. I, th- I think his dad died while he was there.
3: Okay, then yeah. But I just I don't I don't think it's a stable. I think they just sort of find them two
4: days out <laughs> of the year. What if everyone thinks it's just like an empty stable that's not in use, but that's because it's full of thestrals? Ooh, creepy. I
2: like that. Um,
4: yeah, I agree with you, Claire, that I think, uh, <laughs> I think they just go into the woods and they're like, anyone want to work for a day, we'll give you some carrots or, like, whatever the eat. Uh,
2: I don't know. I feel like that's, uh, bold of you to assume that there's any kind of payment arrangement between Hogwarts staff and animals. I guess it was wishful thinking. We, yeah.
4: you, you have to be the Harry Potter narrative you wish to see in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That begs the next question. <laughs> Why not just charm the carriages to pull themselves? Yeah. That doesn't seem like out of the realm of what we could do
2: here, right? It, isn't that what Bo Baton does? They have flying pegasuses. They have, oh, yeah, shit, they have they horses. Do. Damn, never mind.
4: It just seems like
2: we could do that
4: <laughs> without having to capture any animals. There's got to be a more humane way of
3: doing it, but why would Hogwarts go the humane route?
4: Or you could even do a little train. Or like another train. <laughs> Wait, that's dumb, <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> why not just bring the train all the way in? <laughs> Transception. <laughs> Enter Cho Chang. Wow, incredible. It's a miracle. It's Cho. She's right here. I'm just sitting right here. I'm just vibing what we? neither one of us has plans. We should just walk together for at least three minutes. That would be incredible.
2: They're both so awkward.
4: Claire, <laughs> do you feel that Cho and Harry have any chemistry
2: whatsoever? No. Okay, great. Leela? Um, I mean, it's hard to say because would Harry Potter ever even have chemistry with any girl? Like, I think that he's got definitely, he's got a big old crushy on her. Yeah. yeah. But, that's, but that's it. That's yeah. What do you yeah.
4: think, Claire? You're making your... Thinking face, Your ship thinking phase.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. He didn't have any chemistry with Ginny. He can barely talk to Hermione.
4: I think he has more chemistry with Ginny than with Cho because Ginny has a whole ass personality. So it's a lot of that is what that relationship is, is her just being hot and funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a burden that I'm so familiar with. Um, <laughs> yeah, he really only has chemistry with Ron and Draco Malfoy.
2: Yeah, other than that, he gets a little choked up. Wow.
4: He's a sad little chode.
2: (laughs) Chode. They
4: talk about Quidditch. What else? She's like, your best friend's an asshole. He's like, I know. (laughs) He's like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. For sure.
4: Both of their whole personalities are just vapid
2: Quidditch interest. And so that's what they're doing right now. But then she says, then she like kind of like talks about... Umbridge, and, like, how she thinks she's super evil, and how she's, like, really happy that he's like, spoke up, and that she thinks he's a big, brave boy. Uh. (laughs) Ugh. Big, brave boy. (laughs) Wish somebody would call me that. (laughs) Not once. And
4: then... Every time they talk, he's like, Oh yeah, Cedric Diggory. And she's like, Oh yeah, Cedric Diggory. And then they're both like, uh
2: Yeah, it's not a good relationship. Like, even if it if they did have chemistry to begin with before the whole incident, you know, like your face your each other's faces are just gonna constantly remind you of the tremendous loss that you both share. And like, yeah, trauma bond, but you know, I, I mean I feel like maybe maybe let's just start anew with someone who doesn't constantly remind you of you know Trauma. your young dead friend. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean for sure. Yep, for sure. Um enter filch. Wow. The <laughs> mood keeps shifting in this hour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because earlier Mrs. Norris passed Harry and Harry was like, I'm walking here.
2: <laughs> he was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm innocent. <laughs>
4: But apparently Filch received a tip that Harry's trying to send off off a big order for like a ton of dung bombs, which is so funny. I don't know what that just seems out of character. So out of character for Harry. I would never believe it.
2: Is it like is it just that like Mrs. Norris like is spying on Harry like for Umbridge as well? Kind of, you know, and anything that he sends off, she's like that boy's up to no good. Go get him.
4: Mm, That makes sense. I feel like they do explain it at some point, but it doesn't matter enough for me to have remembered it in my brain. Yep, nor I. So then Cho's like, I saw him send it. And Phil is like, okay, I guess, I mean, everyone's like, there's nothing further to do here. <laughs> so then Harry and Cho leave the Allery together. Harry's just... I've mentioned before that my main problem with him is that he's a nothing character who does nothing and takes no chances and <laughs> makes nothing happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like it's the beginning of a Saturday in which you have no concrete plans and you just happen to have ended up with your crush and everything you say, she seems to at least be responding to it in a friendly way. Like why on earth would you just be like, okay, bye. Like I would, like, do you want to go get, get breakfast together? Like, do you want to go take like a walk on the grounds? Like anything, anything to continue this moment past just that weird interaction you just had with Filch. I, I don't know. What do you think, Claire?
3: I mean, that would imply that Harry would have to talk to her for longer.
4: <laughs> He's out of material. He's <laughs> out of conversational
3: <laughs> stuff. He can't keep talking to her.
2: Yeah. it's fair. I think it also is just like, you know, have you ever had like one of those crushes where like it like, especially when you're young like this, where like you all you can think about is like when to be around them next. But then like every second that you're around them, you're like, I wish I was dead. Like... <laughs> it's, 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 it's it's hard harder. yeah <laughs> yeah uh that that's what's
4: happening to harry right now yeah plus i don't really heart. get that i've always been a bit of a bold bitch but um i never would get have that thought, never would have thought that for you not... hey i have a crush on you what are you gonna do about it i <laughs> take pick your path anyway um that's how i would handle it so harry ends up at breakfast Without Cho Chang, Hermione gets her daily profit. Okay, there's news of a tip that Sirius Black is hiding in London, which he is. Do we think it was Lucius on the like on the train platform? Because that's what like Harry, the trio keeps saying like, oh, Lucius saw Sirius Black on the platform. Is that ever like confirmed? Like, why should Lucius know that he's a dog? Does Lucius even know that Sirius is an animagi? I actually just realized that he probably learned from Wormtail, right? If he ever learned, yeah. Wormtail yep. is good for nothing right now, if not information.
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was Harry's letter. I don't know why that's never <gasps> questioned. Whoa, that is a good point. I don't know. It just seems like one is immediately after the other. and Maybe that's the, like a red herring yeah. and it's not, it's supposed to be that way.
4: Oh, I love that. Just taking our little magnifying glasses <laughs> and searching around the text for clues.
3: Yeah, I mean, unless Lucius is just trying to assume every black dog is Sirius, I feel like that's the...
4: <laughs> well, Sirius did, like, human hug Harry at the platform as a dog. He, like, put his arms up on his shoulders <laughs> and had, like, an intimate moment with him. So maybe it just, like, wasn't even remotely subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Ra <Rye, rye, rue. laughs> <laughs> Okay, also Sturgis Podmore. Yeah. Told you you'd hear this name again. Actually, I think we were like, you'll never hear that name again. We recently learned that he like missed guard duty. He was supposed to help escort Harry to King's Cross Station like, what, like four chapters ago? I don't know. But he didn't show up. Apparently, he was caught trying to steal from the ministry, trying to force his way through a top security door is how they phrase it. My first question is, isn't it weird that they print his full home address in the article?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, definitely seems a little too far, but fine. I think it's like Scientology, where it's like fair game. Oh, what does you that know? mean? Um, okay, so I don't like if know you that get, one. Um, if you disagree with the church or whatever for whatever reason you, which can be very easy. What what's the co- religious thing called for cutting you off? They like shun you, ostracize anybody who has any connection to you like your family's friends anybody who's in the church is like not allowed to talk to you at all anymore like have anything to do with you and then after that like they really uh, healthy yeah and And then after that they declare you fair game which means basically Mm. any and all Scientologists at the church are like encouraged to harass you and like vandalize your home and like make life really hard for you get you fired all that kind of stuff dang holy
4: shit that's did not know this Guys, yep. what's like one thing more than a red flag? <laughs> I like know. Like a, a screaming, flashing siren. A howler. Like, <sighs> come on. Yeah. It's, it's like if someone was like, I'm going to write a parody of a cult that's <laughs> like the cultiest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah but you would read this and be like this is too strong like no one's going to believe this cult it's too it's too
2: stupid yep uh, so yeah anyway it just uh, always comes back to the cult talk with me but so now yeah taylor this taylor swift fan
4: sorry swifties, <laughs> swifties. and the scientologists are coming for me oh god I, Which- i'm co- i'm kind of confident in this fight <laughs> i mean i'm
2: <laughs> it's okay i have righteous anger yeah all that just to say, like, maybe they listed his full address so that they can be like, there he is. Go. That's so that shame is his family. No way to conduct a justice <laughs>
4: system. <laughs> like, True. surely innocent until proven guilty. Or maybe he was just so obviously guilty. <laughs> yeah. So Ron thinks the ministry might have lured him in and entrapped him. Yeah. And Hermione's like impressed. Hermione's like, you do have at least one brain cell. Is sexy to me. <laughs> it's Quidditch practice time. Ron wants to practice before the actual practice. So they practice and then they eat lunch and then they practice. Which is, you know, I don't love reading anything on the brooms. Do you like the Quidditch stuff, Claire? Of course
3: not. It's, it's badly written and okay. it's not well physics thought of.
4: Yeah, I agree. This might be some of my favorite Quidditch talk because... I mean, everything goes wrong every step of the way. Like, it, it barely happens. Um, it's actually a huge show. Okay, so the entire Slytherin Quidditch team has shown up to watch, a.k.a. Jeer. Uh, they start off by Pansy Parkinson making an extremely xenophobic comment about Angelina's braids.
2: Yep, that was racist. I was like, oh. Yeah. Okay
4: it's bad. Most of the danger of the Harry Potter series is is more subtle than this, but every once in a while you're, you'll hit a line that shocks you. You're like, "I read this so young. What the
2: fuck?" <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the trouble I mean, I think there's just like the it's the subtle little like bits like that that are you're right, that are like so much more dangerous than well, it's all dangerous, but I mean like Think about, like, I mean, as when I read this as a child, I probably just read over that and I was like, oh, she must have weird hair. And then, like, moved on. But then I'm already associating her with having weird hair, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, becoming yep. a foundational part of how I see the world. It's, like, really yeah, not cool.
4: it's fucked. It's fucked. And, like, Pansy Parkinson is painted as, like, a, a bad guy, but... I if I were like editing this book and someone was like oh it's like a racist person saying racist things I would be like what if you didn't even put this phrasing into the mind of someone who's not thinking it you know what I mean like what if you could just say that she makes like a rude a rude comment about Angelina to Angelina you know what I mean like and someone was and then Fred and or George was like hey that's fucking racist yeah I guess I
2: don't like Claire did it like for me, it like really bothers me when they're jeering during this hour and a half or whatever. They just ignore them the entire time. I'm like, no one's going to say anything at all back. I don't, I don't know why they included. They could
3: have just stopped with, hey, Johnson, what's with the hairstyle? They had to put the specific wording and the yes. comparison in. And that was just like,
4: yeah, I get rude. that
3: there's no coaches for this made up sport. So you're just sort of chaperoning yourself. <laughs>
2: but that's too far. Yeah, wait, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> where's Wait, where's Professor Sprout? I thought, or no, uh, a Hooch, Madam a hooch. hooch. Where's the Hooch?
4: She actually only gets paid to come in from the city on weekends when there's games. <laughs> that's my guess. <laughs>
2: Damn. Yeah, these kids cannot be left unsupervised like this. Why?
4: I mean, under no circumstances should Slytherin have been allowed to be there. I don't know why they were
3: allowed to watch practice. I can understand them being watching... When it was just Harry and Ron. But I think practice, they shouldn't have been there.
2: Yeah, it's like secret information. Yeah. They would not be cool with the Gryffindor team just watching their practice.
4: Yeah. I mean, no. It's bad. Okay, so it's bad. Like, everything's bad. Ron's really (laughs) nervous, and therefore he performs really poorly. And it's like, it's really, really frustrating to read this. Like, it's so frustrating to watch someone you care about be their own problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, could you... Try, just, I feel like I want to slap you and, like, reset
2: you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like,
4: it just gets worse and worse. Yeah.
2: Don't you think if Harry or Angelina or, like, anyone had been like, hey, Malfoy, fuck off. Like, I'm. That would have been nice. You know, like, maybe Ron might have gotten a little more courage and been like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shake it off. It's all good. (laughs) You know, versus just like, that sounds like a nightmare what he had to go through.
4: Yeah, it's bad. Well, and also, couldn't they cast, like, Muffliato or something? Just saying.
2: How can they hear them while they're flying?
4: How loud are they being? That's another great question. I was like, they must be screaming to the winds. (laughs) They're, like, sonorous. Hey! (laughs) Every moment of the scene is like, what if anything was going differently? Like, this is so (laughs) awful. Okay, Ron misses some goals, saving some goals. And then he... Oh, no, no, no. Not yet. That's later. They're just throwing the ball around. <laughs> mm-hmm. He misses some tosses. <laughs> and then he nails Katie directly in the face. Oh god. Okay, Claire, have you ever gotten hit directly in the face with a large ball? Multiple times. In gym, not sexually. Uh multiple times. I
3: got hit in the face like four times in gym class in middle and high school. I
4: <sighs> there's nothing worse.
3: It was like it was attracted to my face.
2: <laughs>
3: I was just like, my nose doesn't need this right now, but fine.
2: Leila, what about you? Balls to the face? Oh, for sure. My um, middle school um, gym coach called me magnet head. So <laughs> <laughs> I got so many bloody noses.
4: That reminds me, my first grade teacher <laughs> called me banana legs because I always has re- had really bruised the legs. Oh, uh,
2: yeah. That's, you know, it's like maybe don't have us play games where we're chucking balls at each other's faces. Yeah, like, you don't understand the dynamic here. I was, like, 4'11 and, like, 90 pounds. I'm just, doing my best,
4: you know? I feel like that meant no one ever threw anything at you. No,
2: they all did
4: because they knew they could get me out. That's so wild. I definitely got hit in the face a couple times with a couple different balls. I have glasses, um, and, like, when I get hit in the face with a ball, wow, I'm having, like, a sense memory. The glasses get pushed, like, deep into my face, and Mm. if I have metal, I had metal glasses in high school because I was extremely cool. And like everything would get like bent flat on my face, and then because you hit me in the nose, I am automatically crying. (laughs) It's like an automatic. Yeah, happened when I got my nose pierced. Like it happens when like an infant headbutts you slightly. Like you get hit in the nose, your eyes just cry. And y'all think these boys are immature. One time in seventh grade, my friend David Nix, I hope you're listening. (laughs) He threw a volleyball direct, or maybe it was a basketball, directly Uh. at my face. And I swear to God, I think he was flirting. Like, I think that was his his attempt to, like, get my attention. Because he had a big crush on me, and we dated for, like, three years after that. But <laughs> I, he just <laughs> threw it directly at my face.
2: <sighs> oh, man. Yeah, don't make kids do gym. That's so mean. We had this, we used to play pin dodge. Did you guys play that? It's when they would, like, set up bowling pins, and they would have, like, softer balls that weren't necessarily dodge balls, but, like they could pack a punch still. And the rule was, if you got hit in the face, then that like doesn't count, so you get to stay in. But it, the worst, the last thing you want to do is stay there. When you get hit <laughs> in the face, it, it's the worst. I was like, I feel like y'all are hitting me in the face on purpose. Sucks. <laughs> so Katie is bleeding
4: profusely. And then Fred is like, here, eat this. It's the healing half of a nose blood nougat or nugget. Nougat? probably nougat however it escalates katie's nosebleed starts uh being it gets worse what a dumb sentence uh it's escalating and fred (laughs) the line is like (laughs) is like a silent film of like (laughs) fred and george making eye contact and realizing they gave her the wrong thing (laughs) it's like a beautiful pantomime um and like the look of horror they gave her the wrong thing. She's bleeding worse because of them. So then Angelina <laughs> calls an end to practice and they take her to the hospital wing. It's so bad. Okay. Well, Claire, what was your favorite moment in this Quidditch practice before we move on? I
3: don't know because she just
4: like tried to keep her
3: arm to her face the entire time. And then it's just like, oh, I can't fly and with one arm. And then she just looks at everything and it's just horror. It's just disgusting. It's just. I could imagine it, and it's just too bloody.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Katie, she's so innocent. She doesn't even have like any lines or anything, really. She just gets hit in the face. Leela, what was what? We're not at the end of the chapter, yeah. yet, But what what was the worst moment, or like the, your favorite moment? Sorry, from this Quidditch practice. Um, it's like so slapsticky. It's like such a shit show.
2: It really is. I like the line of uh, "Sorry, Ron," repeated his red face shining like a beacon against the bright blue sky i can i can picture it
4: his embarrassment throughout this is so heavy Ugh. like it you it's just like draped upon my shoulders and
2: i'm like i can't bear this i can't bear this ginger embarrassment any longer
4: Ugh, like he that's the thing is like you cannot react this way like that is letting them win My favorite moment in this awful Quidditch practice is when um, Harry and Fred and George go to get the balls, and they're just like, fucking yikes about Ron for like one split second. So they go back to the common room. Ron is bitter.
2: He's lashing out at Hermione, and he's stalking away. I like that when it's when Hermione turns to Harry and says, well, was he lousy? And Harry's, no, said Harry loyally. Like... (laughs) <laughs> he's so loyal insert clip of georgia from love island saying i'm very loyal i'm a very loyal girl yeah i know that yeah i started my relationship being very loyal i'm very respectful i'm very loyal i was loyal on the day i am completely loyal i was loyal to you loyal you're very very loyal yeah yeah i mean she's your friend i feel like you could level no it's girls against boys <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's feeling protective of Ron
4: because of the Slytherins. I feel like it was like kind of a reflex, you know, to be like, he did great. Like, that's the only thing we need to be talking about is how great he is. Yeah. They spend Sunday doing homework in the common room and Hermione won't let them copy off her. So now their homework just got extra hard.
2: Oh, what do you guys think about the house elf hats that Hermione is knitting and trying to trick? It's bad. Yeah. Not a fan.
4: Yikes. Yeah, our guest last week, Talia, um was uh, I think pretty much summed it up about you know, this <laughs> this ain't the way. This ain't the way at all. And uh, whatever. We don't have to talk about it again. All good, all good. She just she needs like a staff member to guide her. You know, I really feel like someone should be like, "It's so cool that you've taken interest in this. and I would love to talk to you about like activism and like what your first step should be right now, you know, instead of she's just she she just has nothing to go. People just hating on her shit instead of anyone stepping in to try to channel that energy.
2: Yeah. She's just like, you know, Taylor's as old as time. She her activism is just immediately dismissed by like literally everyone. So she yeah. she don't know any better.
4: I'm like, who would be a good staff guide for this? <laughs> Maybe Flitwick. He's the only one that I don't immediately dismiss. <laughs> or someone random like Professor Sinistra or Professor Vector. Like, we never really get to hang out with them. We don't know. They might be cool.
2: Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think that all the professors are terrible.
4: Oh, Fluick is so good. I guess.
2: What do we even know about him?
4: <laughs> he is funny and smart. And um, he, headcanon, has a very elaborate <laughs> liquor bar in the staff room. Right. He headcanon i think is hung like a horse i'm trying to remember all the <laughs> lore we've invented about flitwick over the course of this podcast is i know that we've invented a lot of lore for him
3: is he the hufflepuff or the ra- ravenclaw head ravenclaw okay. well he might be smart enough to know not slavery
4: yeah wow that's true <laughs> yeah so yeah he should step in <laughs> and guide her there's some kind of shitty writing in this chapter and every other chapter, but, like, here's a really, I think, good example. When I look at a sentence, it's almost like an algebra equation, and I'm so sorry to say that. But it's like, uh, you know, if you're saying something twice, you tighten and rearrange the sentence until you're only saying it once. Okay, right? And here's an example. It was another clear, fine day, and most of their fellow Gryffindors spent the day out on the grounds. That says this has "day" in it twice, and like a good writer doesn't. It, it's like you just make it one thing. It was another clear, fine day that their fellow Gryffindors spent spent out on the grounds. You feel me? And it's like this kind of detail that makes it so clear to me that the editor is not yeah.
2: engaged right now. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right. That's like that's like rule number one. Like when you're writing don't something, say don't say it twice. Find a yeah, the it source. Don't say it twice. Yeah.
4: So late night, Sunday, (laughs) I guess I was like really engaged when I was reading this over the summer and taking notes because this my note says, OMG, late Sunday night, Hermes Percy's owl shows up in the common room window. OMG. (laughs) Basically, it's a long, shitty, conceited letter that our friend Sam from Content and Capable, his brother James, was nice enough to read that for us for this episode. So thank you, James. Great accent. I'm sure it's going to be. But it was not a great accent, narrator voice. So I put it at the end of the episode instead. The letter's just like, congrats for becoming a prefect. I feel like reading it in my normal voice instead of Percy's bitch ass voice is like making it seem cooler, but he's like, good job becoming a prefect and also watch out for Harry Potter, basically. And like, I know he's violent. So if you can't figure out how to escape, go talk to Professor Umbridge. A really, de- really a delightful woman.
2: I mean,
3: when I was reading it the first time, I was just like, okay, the, the first like two, three chap- paragraphs aren't bad. It's just sort of like, hey, you're doing a good job. Friend George yeah. didn't. And then it takes <laughs> a real turn to be against
4: Harry Ron's best friend. and That's not good. Yeah. Say literally whatever you want about Ronald Bilius Weasley, but he would rather lose, I think, pretty much just about anything other than Harry. Yeah. Especially at this point. You know, like I think after their Goblet of Fire fight, they're locked and loaded. <laughs> that made it sound sexual, I didn't mean.
2: <laughs> you know, just their besties for life. It's really sad to read just like how. Clearly, Percy has, like, convinced himself that this is the real truth that's happening, you know? It's shocking. It's it's really upsetting. I mean, just, like, oh, the part where he asks, he said, what does he say about his parents? He's like, I'll be waiting for their apology, of course, when they're ready. It's like, you, you, you slammed the door in your mom's face! I mean,
4: unless your mother has fucking wrong do I just finished reading um Jeanette McCurdy's I'm glad my mom's dead (laughs) I'm trying to get through that one it's I'm glad my mom died oh yeah no if you have any kind of mother trauma (laughs) at all do not read it it. (laughs) It. but I really enjoyed it you know me and my mom are fine so Jeanette don't open the door (laughs) Percy open the door for your mom
2: yeah and and like you know say like like give him give your dad a little sup at the trial when you see him you know
4: Yeah, I just feel like if you, like, I think that Percy just owes it to his parents to, like, try to engage about it, at least. Yeah. You know, just like to after all they've done, like they've never
2: wronged him in any real way. Where does he get this, like, inflexibility from?
4: The audacity of white men. Yeah,
2: that's about it. He's a privileged
3: white boy and he got his first job and he feels privileged.
4: Yeah, he was given a job on pure, pure kiss-assery alone. Like, pure teacher's pet. Like, he was given this job purely because they were confident he would act exactly like this. And then he did.
3: He kissed enough ass and then he just got into his role and just thought he earned it, but he didn't.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, if you kiss enough asses, you shouldn't be surprised when your breath starts to smell like shit. (laughs) Just made that up. That's a good one. That's
4: a really good one. So, it's kind of gross. Percy, it's okay. No, the best, all the best ones are Percy hints that Dumbledore might not be running Hogwarts for much longer. He also hints, and I think this is part of what makes this letter so annoying, is he's like, just you wait. Something fun will be changing soon. Oh, look for yours truly in the paper tomorrow. Won't tell what. And it's like, man, you just think you're so cool. Like, you have all these secrets, confidential secrets. Basically, as I mentioned, Percy implies that Ron may be too afraid of how erratic Harry is to stop being his friend and encourages him to seek advice from Umbridge. Disgusting. Yeah. And then he wraps it up with pretty much, I had to disown our family because they suck and you should too. He's like, we could be a family together. Head boy and head boy. (laughs) Ew. So Ron reads it. He lets Hermione and Harry read it, and then he throws it in the fire, tears it up, and then throws it in the fire. So that's exactly right, Ron. Being
2: a great friend, this book. I was trying to find some paper I could tear so that I can, oh, for like reenact. Oh, I know. I'll take the the new the Hogwarts new song lyrics. Oh, R. I. P. Get it? Rip. <laughs> Rip it. What he, he say? He goes. <clears throat> uh, he goes. He is. The world's biggest get. And then he throws it in the fire. (laughs) Into the fire. And then they take a break for Hermione to correct
4: their homework. So Harry can reflect for a moment. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) Enter Sirius Black. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it. No, he's in the fire. Remember, he does that thing where he's in the fire.
2: This dog is on fire. Nice. I felt, I I got tired of it halfway through.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The longest note that ever was. (laughs) Sirius Black is here to respond to Harry's letter. (laughs) Sure, dude, whatever. He's bored as hell. I get it. But like, I mean, this is fucking dumb, right? Claire, what do you think? I mean, it mentions that he's checking every hour. So, like, he's waiting for this boy to be in
3: the common room. And that just is depressing.
4: What are the odds? What on earth are the odds that they are alone the last three people in the common room?
2: And he's you're right. He's just so desperately bored and like really dramatic, which we'll get into. He really like sometimes I have to remind myself
4: that he doesn't have any electronics, period. (laughs) He doesn't have a TV or a computer or a phone. Like he has books.
2: Period. Like period. Uh, cleaning books and cleaning. Yeah, all he does, all he has does, is sit at home and listen to Molly's whinging. You know what they need to do is like they need to get him to
4: hook up. Like maybe Mundungus Fletcher can like get him like a front so he can have like a a trade. He can maybe like sit at home and work his (laughs) work, his loom or uh, make uh, do carpentry in the basement or something. And like someone can sell it for him. Like give him anything, give him anything. Hermione should teach him how to knit. Maybe that'll. Yeah, that's a good one.
2: Yeah. Anything. But I mean, especially something, I mean like it just, they could even frame it. Like you'll be knitting, I know it sounds lame, like, ew, James would never, but, hear me out, (laughs) you would be contributing (laughs) Gaslight him (laughs) into crafting? Yeah, you know, he would be contributing to our household's, uh finances in some way he
4: is the household's finances i feel oh like. yeah
2: <laughs> he doesn't like have to work because he's rich
4: well that's a question we actually i don't think we've explored it but like does he have any money like he he should i think he like in theory has a bank account but like how on earth could he be accessing it yeah okay
3: when regulus died th- and he was the heir, so when he yeah. died, the money should have gone to Sirius, but when Sirius went to prison, he would have been called clinically insane, so he wouldn't have been able to t- touch that money. So yeah, where does he get this money from Gringotts? I
4: don't know. Huh. Maybe it's... Maybe someone loaned the order money, and they're all just using order money.
2: Or maybe, like... Some people don't I mean look at Sirius. Like doesn't he seem like the type with like that one like crazy friend you have that's like I don't trust banks. Everything all the cash I own is yeah. is here in my own home, you know, and wow, there's enough
4: money between the books in the library to last the rest of his life. Yeah. Sirius is like I'm here. I risked it all to talk to you and say Don't even worry about it, bro. (laughs) We're not. Don't even worry about it. He's like, don't worry about your scar hurting. Like, I'm not worried. And then he explains that the reason the Hogwarts students aren't learning real magic in Defense Against the Dark Arts is because Fudge doesn't want them, quote, trained in combat, unquote. He thinks Dumbledore is forming an army to take over the government.
2: Yeah, and then Ron's like, "That's crazier than that stupid bitch Luna." Oh, what, whatever, like, stop slandering her. They're so mean what? about her. I know. That's fine. I just didn't like that. That hurt my feelings.
3: When, when I first read that, I just immediately laughed. This time, because like, <laughs> that's what Dumbledore did twice. He dumbled did. He dumbled did it
4: twice. He double dip dipped.
2: Dipped. Dumbled dipped.
4: Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Too far. Leela, I yeah. feel like I need to write Jason's dad a thank you note for all the
2: weed that I have gotten from him <laughs> over the past year or so. He would be delighted, but don't send it through the mail. He doesn't trust them. <laughs> Whoa.
4: Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does he trust the banks?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, he he does trust the banks, which is ironic interesting
4: serious uh shares that apparently Hagrid was supposed to be back at Hogwarts by now but no one knows what happened to him don't worry we just have no idea what happened to him why would be be worried (laughs) (laughs) apparently Hagrid and Madame Maxime from Bobaton they were out on this journey together and they got separated on the way home and in the order of the phoenix has been in touch with
2: her but not
4: him so they're like okay I guess he's coming still slowly yeah
2: I'm starting to recognize the same patterns of government that I saw when our when our girl uh when our girl from Uh the last book Uh Uh-huh Stupid Cute Chubby Girl, what's her name? Uh you know it. Yeah. From the
4: last book. Shout it
2: out. It's coming. From the last book? (laughs) Yeah. Who? She went missing. What's her name? Oh, uh Bertha
4: Jorkins. There it is. All right, hashtag justice for Bertha Shortkins. Justice for I, I haven't for said Jorkin. that on this show in a couple months.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, again, you know, it's a lot of oh, it's probably fine. Let's you know,
4: it not wasn't worry fine. about it.
2: It <laughs> wasn't fine. <laughs> it was not at all fine.
4: Um, uh. serious is like, I would love to meet up with you sometime in dog mode, <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> no, are you fucking kidding me? No, serious, fucking black. An adult is like, oh, you fucking bitch you're less like your dad than I thought and as a reminder, I love him more than anyone. So the risk would have made it fun for you James. haha that's where my intro came from. When I read it I was like, I guess that comes up in this chapter. James sounds like a nightmare.
2: Yeah, James sounds reckless and immature you're act I mean just like he's acting immature right now. He's being really immature. That's like a man, uh, like a guilty mom manipulator mode almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah I
4: totally. Was
2: like this feels like emotional manipulation. This yes. is him
3: not developing emotionally and using it to make a fifteen year old angry and manipulated. Yeah.
2: This is like in Dare, which doesn't probably exist anymore. Which was drugs are really excellent. I think is what it stood before. <laughs> Sounds right. They would be like, there would be a cartoon and it was like a hot lady. And she was like, Ooh, I'm a cool person because I smoke. And then it would, and she'd be like, Smoking makes you cool like me. And then like the little girl's like, I want to be cool. But then it zooms up and the woman's face ha- is, has like yellow teeth and like bad skin. And she's like, Ha ha ha! Oh. But it's like, <laughs> It's like similar to that, you know, they're like, smoking can make you cool. Look, everybody's doing it. It's like, "Um, I see, I see, I see. Hey, you know what would make you cool if you weren't such a bitch? Just one man's opinion.
4: The wild (laughs) thing is that there's three 15 year olds here being like, I feel like he's acting really immature about this older, this adult, like they're all like, yikes. Yeah, this like 35 year old is trying to get. A
2: 15-year-old to break the law. Yeah. And seriously yeah. risk himself. I'll write you a time I can make it back into the fire then, shall I? If you can stand to risk it. It's so bitchy. It's so bitchy. It's so manipulative. Great. That's because, you know, that's what Harry needs right now. Guilt. Guilt from his one remaining trusted family member. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Being compared to his dead father, who was Uh the best friend of this manipulative godfather. Yeah, that's exactly what he needs.
4: Right. I had a terrible week. (laughs) And now you're reminding me that I'm an orphan again. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's being a nightmare. Remus Lupin is the only marauder who achieved adulthood in any any meaningful way. (laughs) Yeah. Took trauma, but he
3: got there.
2: He got there. And that's the end of the chapter. It's just like, oof. (laughs) Yeah, I think that this, the end of this chapter reminds me of the feeling I had reading this as a kid, which I've talked about before on the pod. This book was always my least favorite. I It's the only one I never reread out of all of them and was my least favorite movie as well. And it's because of the feeling of angst. I've always had like an issue with sitting with uncomfortable feelings. And that is... That's what this chapter is, is just sitting in unpleasant feelings and just letting them wash over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts, But, I mean, let's see. Claire, what's something, uh, you know, like, positive you could take away from this chapter? Um, Positive thing. Uh, Harry
3: still can't talk to women. So that's, <laughs> it's very good that he's a he's the proper awkwardness at age 15. He's not like,
2: yeah, I like think suddenly like
3: uh like a, like not, a Fabio. You know? Yeah, exactly. He knows where he's supposed to be and he knows how to, how he's supposed to be interacting with his friends. And that's, I think a lot of his trauma could have stunted his ability to talk to his friends. But I think him not being able to talk to his crush, it shows that he's, he's where he's supposed to be right now. And that's, good for him honestly.
2: Nice. I, know what I like you that mean. perspective. Yeah, I like it's because oh yeah, he's still a kid. Plus exactly. his little heart. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He has a long ways to go in the emotional department. One thing that I liked in this chapter was um I've said this the past couple chapters I feel like, but I just really like Angelina and I want I'm, like, desperately eating up every morsel of character arc we get for her, and I wish there was so much more, but, like, I love what we do have of her, and I love seeing her in this leadership role. I think she's so good at it.
2: Yeah, I do, too. She's a little hard hard on her, but, like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think she was maybe just kind of, like, giving into the pressure and also just emulating her hero, who... It's true.
4: And, like... With the Slytherins watching, it's almost like she has to be like, okay, and this isn't, (laughs) we're not doing this, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's not, and I mean, they're not Hufflepuffs. They're not going to be like, it's okay. Oh, (laughs) Hufflepuff. I'm just here to play. Everyone sing as loud as you can so Ron can't hear the Slytherins. (laughs) (laughs) That's
4: so cute. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Um. Cool. Claire, do you have any final thoughts about the chapter? Anything you want to circle back to? Anything? Anything at all? Not
3: really. All the men in Harry's life are emotional and manipulative. And I think he
2: did his best. And that's all we can ask.
4: Okay. I like it. Leela, any last words about the chapter?
2: Poor Gingers, man. When they get embarrassed, like, everyone knows. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that.
4: Man, I know that I've announced on the podcast that Brooke had her baby like what like now like two or yeah i think like two months ago maybe (laughs) um and like she's not putting pictures on social media love that for her um but like i do need everyone
2: to know that that baby (laughs)
4: is (laughs) a
2: strong ginger (laughs) <laughs> yeah every time I see her her hair her little baby hairs are like more and more orange yeah it's really cute. Freya grows ever more orange every day
4: <laughs> orange
2: and pink she's gonna be like
4: um egret from uh Game
2: of Thrones yeah I I could see that you know beautiful but like will also cut you queen in the north queen of the north <laughs>
4: okay <laughs> let's move on to plugs Claire, do you want people to find you on the internet? I mean, yeah, uh,
3: sure. I'm still syncing on Twitter until it finally dies. You can same find me I'm going Twitter down on the ship or Instagram at my name. linked in the show notes. It's usually just me talking about British actors I'm attracted to, but it'd be like Quality that
4: content. Yeah. Nice. What have you been watching, reading, playing, listening to recently you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy?
3: Um, recently I've been listening to a new musical called Bliss. It's got like six songs on Spotify. So if you got free 20 minutes, it's really fun and upbeat and poppy and really fun.
2: Oh, I love that. That's such a unique plug. I love that too. Where, um, what, like, what's the musical about? Like in like mm, 30 seconds or less?
3: Um, It's about like four princesses that get locked in their castle when their mother dies by their father and they sort of escape and just sort of get, I have really no clue what, how they escape, but it's just sort of like fun, them experiencing the world and just growing as strong
4: women that they are.
2: Cool. I'm going to try to find that. Yeah, that sounds
4: awesome. Leela, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Um, hello, listeners. I'm Leela. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Leels for Reels. Today, I would just like to plug an album, actually, that I, that I really love. It's a comfort album that I like to listen to a lot. I started listening to it when I was in high school, um, right during the twee era, if you guys know what that means. Um, no, the artist I don't. Oh, okay, so like, um, kind of like cutesy ukulele, 500 Days of Summer Day, you know, type, oh, okay. type vibes.
4: Yeah, that, that 500 Days <laughs> of Summer, dude.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm not plugging 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> I'm um, plugging uh, the artist, her name is Feist, and um, the album is called The Reminder. It's a really, really lovely, soft, emotional, angsty, beautiful album of pop songs just really nice pop songs that are like sad and british that is a genre in and of itself yes
4: is that one two three four is that one of yes theirs?
2: that's actually that's from that album that's like the hit that is the hit from that album.
4: and then yeah. um i'm trying to think because i know i've listened to some of their other stuff too but that's the one that comes you do? to mind
2: my moon, my moon oh yeah of course it's also yeah. on that album it's really good okay
4: <laughs> cool, cool cool hell yeah i love that I'm your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And I'm continuing my podcast plug plug mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
4: This week, I'm going to tell you the history podcasts I listen to. The first one is Chasing Immortality. They only released 10 episodes, and they haven't re- posted anything since June, so I don't know what's going on with that. But what they have is cool. It's about people who, in history, have pursued immortality. One of their episodes is about Nicholas Flamel, the real Nicholas Flamel. Ooh. Um, I listen to Noble Blood, which is stories about nobility from all over the world, just in history, like crazy shit that happened to them or like the cool people, the cool nobles. I listen to The Alarmist, which is a comedy podcast. I don't think they would ever classify themselves as a history podcast, but they talk about crazy shit that has happened in history. So it's a history podcast and figure out who's to blame, like the Titanic. And then I also listen to Behind the Bastards, which I know I've plugged before, but I mean, it's a history podcast, too. So listen to Behind the Bastards. And all of these other history podcasts. Okay, great. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a delightful episode. And I feel like uh, we managed to make something something fun to listen to out of all of this angst. Yeah, this was very fun. Um, I know it's a
3: very boring book so far. So this was fun to just sort of have fun with it.
4: Yeah, for sure. And Leela, as always, thank you for being my <laughs> and I never know what to say and then I always just say co-conductor angst Woo-woo. angst angst yeah yep that's uh that's the mood right now no he's feeling good this chapter because he got to hang out with Cho Chang for three minutes anyway that's the end of the episode and that's the end of the episode
0: <laughs>
4: that's it potheads thanks for listening to the restricted section This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. What would you do if there was a terrifying prophecy about you?
3: Or you had to go on a perilous quest to save a friend. Or everything you loved was in danger and the world was
2: about to end. Whoa, uh, slow down, Charlie. You know what to do when all that crazy stuff happens, right? Call Ghostbusters? No, you listen to Of the Eldest Gods.
4: Oh, 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 right, right, right. Sorry, Ray. Uh, y'all can listen to our
3: podcast about the Rick Riordan books.
2: We'll cover each chapter and talk about some of the fucked up mythological concepts context and we'll probably get cursed by zeus let's
4: hope that doesn't happen this season catch your tag on all your podcast platforms
2: and eat some blue food while you listen wish us luck while we survive the apocalypse charlie what
0: okay christina while james is getting himself ready to do this i'm gonna have a go at reading it just for shits and giggles you can choose whatever one james probably will be better but i thought i would give it a go Dear Ron, I've only just heard, from no less a person other than the Minister of Magic himself, who has it from your new teacher, Professor Umbridge, that you've become Hogwarts Prefect. I was most pleasantly surprised when I heard this news and must firstly offer my congratulations. I must admit, I've always been afraid that you would take after what we might call the quote, Fred and George route rather than following in my footsteps, so you can imagine my feelings on hearing you have stopped flouting authority and have decided to shoulder some responsibility. From something the minister let slip when telling me you are now prefect, I gather you are still seeing a lot of Harry Potter. I must tell you, Ron, that nothing could put you in danger of losing your badge more than a continued fraternisation with that boy. Yes, I am sure you are surprised to hear this. No doubt you will say that Potter's always been Dumbledore's favorite, but I feel bound to tell you that Dumbledore may not be in charge of Hogwarts much longer, and the people who count have very different and probably more accurate view of Potter's behavior. It may be that you are afraid to sever ties with Potter. I know that he can be an unbalanced and, for all I know, violent. But if you have any worries about this or have spotted anything else in Potter's behaviour that is troubling you, I urge you to speak to Dolores Umbridge, a really delightful woman who I know will only be too happy to advise you. This leads me to my other bit of advice. As I have hinted above, Dumbledore's regime at Hogwarts may soon be over. Your loyalty, Ron, should be not to him, but to the school and the Ministry. I am very sorry to hear that so far Professor Umbridge is encountering very little cooperation from the staff as she strives to make those necessary changes within Hogwarts that the Ministry so adherently desires. Although she should find this easier from next week, as she sh- you. Although she should find this easy from next week. Again, see the Prophet tomorrow. I shall only say this a student who shows himself willing to help Professor Umbridge now may be very well placed for head bullship in a couple of years. Please think over what I have said most carefully, particularly the thing about Harry Potter, and congratulations again on becoming Prefect. Your brother, Percy. Okay, on to James, because that was absolutely terrible. Hello, my name is Reginald. <laughs> How the heck
1: am I supposed to do this one? I, I'm going to slip out of an accent. This is awful. It's very Irish. Yes, I can't do a fucking British accent without slipping into something that drops an R.
0: More comfortable.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've done this before. I have done this before. I'm sitting on the couch, He was sitting on the floor, and I was talking into a fucking microphone. Focus on is
0: do speak quite clearly into the microphone. You've got a little bit of give and yell. I
1: can't. I don't. I gotta. I can't do this. I found someone to try and copy.
0: I'm saying. Ah, oh, yes.
1: You're getting the whole thing?
0: Yes, she's getting the American work there, it looks like.
4: So here it is. It's Sunday and it's 430 a.m.
0: James, that's very Russian. <laughs> It, with it's parents. a Finn Anyway
1: It's It's Finnish Okay go it's, Dear Alon uh, If only just and That's Fuck <laughs> You're getting A bloody it's Irish a pompous, boy
0: It's pompous British
1: and- It's a bloody It's gonna be A bloody Irishman You're gonna have To put up with that You know who you are To do this Fucking interview
0: okay,
1: Yeah Dear Dear Lon, I've only just heard. This is fucking useless. <laughs> Fuck! I've only just heard from a person. Uh, from no less a person than the Minister of Magic himself, who has it from your new teacher, Professor Umbridge, that you have become a Hogwarts Prefect. I was most pleasantly surprised when I heard this news, and must firstly offer my congratulations. <laughs> I'm going to keep going because it sounds kind of good, it's, it's completely wrong but I'm going to keep doing it anyway. I was most pleasantly surprised when I heard this news and uh, firstly offer my congratulations. I must admit I have always been afraid that you would take what we might call the uh, Fred and George loot rather than following in my footsteps. Ah, so you can imagine my feelings on healing. You had stopped floating authority and decided to shoulder some real responsibility. From something the minister let slip when telling me you're now a prefect, I gather that you are still seeing a lot of that Harry Potter fellow. I must tell you, Ron, uh, that nothing could put you in danger of losing your badge more than continued fraternization with that boy. Yes, I'm sure you're surprised to hear this. No doubt you'll say that Potter has always been Dumbledore's favourite. But I feel bound to tell you that Dumbledore may not be in charge of Hogwarts much longer, and the people who count have a very different and very probably more accurate view of Potter's behaviour. It may be that you're afraid to sever tithes with Pop, bah It's a bit fucking... Yeah... B- yeah. tripping over me words here
0: it's
1: very it, uh, yeah. Joanne
0: could have edited this better Christina
1: <laughs> it may be that you're afraid to sever with Potter I know that he can be unbalanced and for all I know, violent but if you have any worries about this or have spotted anything else in Potter's behaviour that's troubling you I urge you to speak to Dolores Sunbridge a really delightful woman who I will only... what? Who who I know will only be too happy to advise you. This leads me to my other bit of fucking advice. Holy shit. This leads me... This leads me to my other bit of advice. As I have hinted above, Dumbledore's regime at Hogwarts may soon be over. Your loyalty alone should not be to him, but to the school and to the ministry. I am very sorry to hear that so far Professor Umbridge is encountering very little cooperation from the staff as she strives to make those necessary changes within Hogwarts that the Ministry so ardently desires. Although she would find this easier from next week. Again, see the prophet tomorrow. I shall only say this. A student who shows himself willing to help Professor Umbridge now... May be very well placed for head boyship in a couple of years. Please think over what I've said most carefully. Particularly the bit about Harry Potter. That vile abscullion. And congratulations again on becoming prefect. Your brother,
0: Percy, who is a fucking twat, by the way, You can really hear our thoughts on this. Uh, We apologise for everything. Joanne needs to edit her letters. Sam needs to cut everything out
1: that I said that was useless before sending this to you.
0: And I'm not because it's good content and we like the drama.
1: A little bit of good content. Only a little bit. The rest of it is absolutely fucking garbage.
0: Dave X Media.